WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. What do ghosts have to do with physics? How does the paranormal affect our understanding of God? What is the zero-point field? Hello there, and welcome to the 260th 60th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and asking those questions this evening was my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Well, tonight we welcome someone I've very much been looking forward to speaking with, uh, a true paranormal and indeed scientific renaissance person, if ever there was one. Uh, Marie D. Jones is a best-selling author, screenwriter, researcher, radio show host, and speaker. Her expertise embraces science, metaphysics, consciousness, and the paranormal. She recently appeared on the History Channel's Nostradamus Effect series, uh, has been interviewed for dozens of magazines, newspapers, and websites, and has appeared on hundreds of radio shows all over the world, including Coast to Coast AM, The Shirley MacLaine Show, and many others. Her books include 2013, End of Days or a New Beginning, Envisioning the World After the Events of 2012, Science with a PSI, How New Discoveries in Quantum Physics and the New Science uh, May Explain the Existence of Paranormal Phenomena, and Looking for God in All the Wrong Places. Boy, you could testify to that. Mm. Marie's next book, due this summer, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong on this, is Destiny versus Choice, The Scientific and Spiritual Evidence Behind Fate and Free Will. She also co-authored Supervolcano, the catastrophic event that changed the course of human history, written with her father, geophysicist Dr. John M. Savino. Marie, you make me sick. It takes me five years to write a book. Um, (laughs) 11.11, the time-prompt phenomenon, the meaning behind mysterious sign sequences and synchronicities, (laughs) and the resonance key exploring the links between vibration, consciousness, and the zero-point grid with Larry Flash. Her partner in the para-explorers para group they founded. That's paraexplorers.com. There are even more books and screenplays that Marie can tell us about later, and she's a broadcaster as well. She currently resides in northern San Diego County, California. Her website's again, paraexplorers.com and mariedjones.com. Oh, so Marie D. Jones, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I mean, before Ben starts his questions, I just wanted to tell everybody that I first encountered you. I'd, I'd heard your name, of course, but I was not familiar with your work until uh, we were on a panel together uh, on a show I cannot remember the name of. And I was extremely impressed with you, so I'm very glad to have you with us tonight. Take yes. it away, Thank there. you. You are most welcome. Oh, not to mention the fact you're the only one who consistently agreed with me through the whole discussion. Oh, was I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. Ah, okay. <laughs> Okay, so third time's the charm. Uh, we've had we've had several show, shows on ghosts lately. Well, maybe like one or two, and uh, we're usually disappointed or slash disgusted with the answers that the guests have given us. But my dad says you're different, as you can tell by the showering of compliments. So, <laughs> what are ghosts in your opinion? Oh boy, gee, thanks for the easy question. Well, they could be. Let's put it this way: they could be any number of things. Um, the idea, the original idea that a ghost is the essence of a dead person really doesn't hold anymore because there's so many different kinds of sightings that are reported that lend to a possibly different explanation. So when somebody tells me they saw a ghost, that, that is just 
that's like saying you saw a UFO. Well, a UFO is an unidentified flying object. That can be any number of things. So more specifically, I need for the person to tell me exactly what they saw, what happened, um, it, you know, what what happened to them physiologically, what happened in the environment. So if you really want to know what a ghost is, it could be seven or eight different things, in my opinion. Okay, so how long have you studied ghosts? You know, I've been involved in the paranormal since I was a little kid. Just had a huge interest in it. I got real serious when I was in my early 20s with the UFO field. Um, I was in ufology. I was a member of MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, for a long, long time. But I always had an interest in everything, ghosts, cryptids, psi abilities, you name it. Uh, When I was a, a teenager, pretty young, I had a friend who had poltergeist experiences going on with her family, and that was sort of my first in-your-face introduction to that part of the the, uh, phenomenon, but I've really just always been interested. I've been telling ghost stories since I was five or six years old. Hmm. Okay, so, like us, you see quantum physics and the multiverse as the explanation? Or an explanation? Or an explanation. Well, I think it opens up the door to other possible explanations. You know, why do we always assume that if somebody sees some kind of apparition and it looks human in form, that they're seeing a dead person. Mm -hmm. They could be seeing someone who exists in another level of reality, another dimension, another spatial dimension, a parallel universe. Uh, It could be, you know, some kind of construct of the mind at work. So we really can't be limited to just the essence or spirit of a dead person. And a lot of times, people will report seeing an apparition that has no awareness that it's being observed. And that's a lot different from a ghost that people might report where there does seem to be some kind of awareness or acknowledgement that it is being observed, that it sees you back. You know, other times people just report energy or plasma or what have you. There's just so many different types of um, entities going on here. And, we, you know, parallel universes, it's theoretical. The multiverse, totally theoretical. Nobody's proven it yet. But what that does is it really opens up the whole field of the paranormal to explain just about everything that we are dealing with, where it might come from, why a lot of this stuff seems to operate on different laws of physics than the ones that are right here in our backyard. Yeah, agreed. I started seeing that in the late 1970s. Yeah. When encountering uh, ghosts who were not dead, you know, people, especially the, the girl from Connecticut who was haunting a house in Maine while a student at the <laughs> University of Connecticut, 120 miles away, it was bizarre. It's, and, you know, another thing that, that it, people don't talk about a lot is the possibility that these are time travelers. You know, that yeah. somehow we're glimpsing into another dimension of time as well as maybe another spatial dimension. And it just keeps getting more and more bizarre from there, but what's interesting is a lot of times when you think about those theories, they seem to fit the phenomenon a lot better than... That's what we see, yeah. Yeah, than just the, oh, that's, you know, dead Uncle George wandering around. Uh, I never could understand why ghosts choose to wander certain places. It's like, if I were a ghost, if I were dead, my spirit would want to go to Tahiti, you know? (laughs) I would not want to be hanging out in a graveyard. And, you know, why are hospitals, if, if people always say to me, well, well, we see ghosts where people die traumatically, well, whatever. You know, we could be talking about some type of remnant energy. But why are hospitals not just 
crawling with this stuff. Yeah, you really exactly. don't hear that a lot. So. Well, I, we've been contacted about a couple of you know haunted hospitals, quote unquote. But I mean, the, the entire planet, as John Keel would say, the entire planet is haunted. Would be crawling. People died in my condo. I don't see anybody. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, haunted in the sense of uh, you know we're all part of the parallel world matrix, so to speak. If you, if oh, you get absolutely. That term, you know. And um, if people have been dying for you know however long there's been humans, if we really are going to go with that, it's the essence of a dead person explanation. Well, then I would say that just about every location that you can stand on, you know, other than these remote regions in the Amazon where there are no people probably has something going on, but that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, take it away. Go ahead, Beth. Okay, so um, tell us about some of your cases. Uh, ghost or UFO? or uh, Well, ghosts in particular because... Um, yeah, we don't really it, talk about that. It, it's because... Okay. <laughs> Well, we, we do. We, we're interested in all areas of the paranormal. But any case you'd like, but ghosts in particular, because we've been dealing with the subject lately on the show, and we've had the standard spiritualist interpretation from the guests, and you're, you are a breath of fresh air on that. You so, know, uh, it, a, you know, I'm not a ghost hunter. I've been. I hate on, the term. I do too, and I use it a little bit uh, derogatorily. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Are, yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, um, I've been on a few investigations. I've been absolutely unimpressed. I've been to, you know, the Queen Mary and some of these locations where uh, supposedly there is all kinds of activity. Nothing. Found nothing. Saw people reacting to things which were totally explainable. Um, Talked to people who worked at some of these locations who said this is just, you know, tourist stuff. But I will tell you this. um, the, The poltergeist experience I referred to when I was 15 years old was terrifying. Oh, yeah, I've been through that. Yeah, yeah, and I was young, and I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't know how to help these people. They had actually gone to the Lutheran Church for help and not gotten any because, you know, they don't do exorcisms. Um, Well, they're not trained. Clergy are not trained. Exactly. They don't have people to do it. And it's like, you know, we're not going to send somebody out who doesn't know what they're dealing with. Um, Other than that, I would say there's probably two or three occasions where I've been at a location, and they're never famous. Um, where somebody said, you know, something really awful happened here. And I knew because when I walked into a particular room, I felt like I was going to throw up. There's just an overwhelming uh, force. The problem is, is I cannot prove that that wasn't some kind of fluctuation in uh, EM activity or there wasn't something environmentally about that room that made me physically sick because I really didn't at the time. I wasn't looking at all of these things. And now I know that a lot of, um, one of the reasons why I was working with Larry Flaxman is because he does have a group, and he and I come up with theories and ideas, and he goes out in the field with his group and tries them out and tests them. And he Hmm. found that when you go into a location where there is high EMF, where there is, um, you know, mold or any number of environmental anomalies going on that that are natural, people have strange experiences. We find the same thing. Yeah, they get disoriented. Yeah. So now, knowing that, I kind of go back and I think, hmm, some of those houses were pretty run down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was also the infrasound uh, situation. Absolutely. And we we had that in our own house. Yeah, seismic activity is going on, and by that I don't mean an earthquake you can feel, but there's stuff going on all the time. Mm -hmm. And if there are, you know, certain types of waves moving around down there, it's going to affect what's going on where you're doing all your tests and whatnot. Um, I am really bored by that aspect of it. 
only because I think everybody's doing the same thing with the same equipment. They're getting the same results. So I've kind of thought, all right, there's enough people out there doing that. I have a really low boredom threshold. I know. You you don't. Yeah, see, for me it's really hard because I know some of these are seven, eight-hour investigations, and I would be pulling my hair out. So I found that my place is theorizing, coming up with concepts, ideas, doing research, writing about it, theorizing, and then saying, okay, you guys, look, what about this? What do you think of trying this? How do you, you know, giving ideas for groups to go out and try. And I've actually done that quite a bit with um, certain groups that have been open to it. Well, I know Ben's got another question here, but no, I know exactly what, what you're saying. Uh, one thing that bothers, well, a number of things bother us about the, the current state of, uh, we call it pop paranormal research yeah. by feral ghost hunters. And we refer to <clears throat> to that because they, they, they're using, not, I suppose, 21st century equipment they don't understand to prove 19th century theories, for one thing. Uh, they're also involved with uh, the phenomena, not with the people. And I remember we, I, I, I just don't go on these things, but Ben has been a couple of times with, with one or two groups. And they sat there raving about the EMF readings they got while, while the owner of the house was suffering. Right. With, with terrible uh, frustration and, and uh, various uh, family problems, uh, all kinds of stress and issues that, in our opinion, were feeding uh, negative things that were going on in the house. And these people paid no attention whatsoever. Uh, it's probably just as well because if they take on counseling people, uh, it would be probably a catastrophe. But, but you know, the point being that, that there are a number of people who just shouldn't be doing this. Well, we have to wrap for a break, and we'll be right okay. back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio with Marie D. Jones. Stay with us. CBS Radio's The New Sky. NewSkyRadio.com. This is The Lisa J. Smith Show. Listen to Lisa J. now at 3 o'clock Eastern. This is Lisa J. Smith, and I am here to give you messages from spirit. Give us a call so I can connect with you. Look up to the sky. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Reach out. NewSkyRadio.com. Just say it was your last day. 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Hey, we are back with Marie D. Jones, a paranormal renaissance person, and we're uh, talking about, we started talking uh, about ghosts, and uh, Ben has a final question here. All right, uh-huh. so what's your opinion of the of the current state of paranormal research? Something you probably already answered. Well, yeah. <laughs> you want to know? <laughs> no. Let's you know fly, what? kiddo. <laughs> there's, some, there's some really good people out there that are trying to push the outside of the envelope, and I think that when all of the media attention is taken off, because you know this, it's a trend, people will go on to the next big trend, the people that are really serious are still going to be there plugging away. The state right now, I think it's jumped the shark. It's an absolute mess. You've got people learning how to be ghost hunters from TV shows. You've got celebrity being more important than research. Uh, you've got groups out there that are forming just for the sake of going out on Saturday nights and having a great time. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the publicity shots of these groups. Oh, yeah, it's a disaster. The girls look like they're trying to be models, you know, or prostitutes. <laughs> the or, guys are yeah. all posing like bikers. It's like, you know, what does that have to do with anything? Uh, and the vast majority of people refuse to read and research and learn about other areas of science that might give them some clues to the paranormal. I always say you're never going to understand the paranormal if you don't have a real good grip on the normal. But I know some really good quality people that are out there plugging away and, and pushing and pushing and just refusing to kind of get sucked into that world. We end every show with a quote. I'm going to use that one if you don't. Yeah. Okay. But we we just, uh, yeah, we see the same thing. And one of the things that that, that we very rarely have these people on the show because we try and go deeper than most others. And they all say the same thing. They all say the same thing, as as you described. But we've had several on lately who 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 are very sincere and are determined to prove to modern science, quote unquote, that the afterlife exists. I mean, first of all, they're not working together. There's no peer review. There's no control. It's just, I mean, do they honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be, okay, Thomas Edison had, what, three months of formal education, but that was a long time ago. He stole right. a lot of his ideas from people, though. You know, he did, too, yeah. 
But I mean, I can't believe these people actually think they're going to prove anything to science. And first of all, as our friend Phil Ambrogno would say, this this is outside science. Right. And secondly, uh, the I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you have to admire their um, gumption, I suppose. Some of them. Yeah, they're moxie. Well, here's the anyway. thing: you can't. We every year, well, maybe even every month, it seems like some scientific fact that we thought was, you know, set in stone gets overturned. Absolutely. Because of new technology, new progress. Light speed, it's not limited anymore. We know that from some experiments that have gone on at the quantum level. So if these people are going to tell me they're going to prove the afterlife, well, how do I know what they're showing me is actually the afterlife and not another universe, not part of the multiverse, not another dimension that you go to when you die, but you're still alive, you know, not um, a figment of human consciousness or the structure of the brain. I mean, you cannot prove what reality is. Well, you can't, absolutely. And people should throw Descartes at me, Rene Descartes. And I'll say, well, even on his deathbed, he questioned his beginning of knowledge, the point, the point of his, the beginning of, of his knowledge, which was, I think, therefore I am. He can't even trust that. Yeah, that's so, scary. It's like, why are we doing all this? <laughs> well, it's well, just like the motto of our show, everything you know is wrong. Oh my God. Anyway, so you get into a lot more than ghosts, uh, Marie. Uh, UFOs, déjà vu, um, elements of traditional parapsychology, uh, theology, philosophy, and of course synchronicity, and even the 2012 business. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have what might be called a grand unified theory of everything? I, I, I'm working on one. Okay. Um, Larry Flaxman and I are actually working on something. Uh, based on the years of research that we have done together and apart, we're not ready to talk about it yet simply because we're putting together the pieces. But I will tell you this. I mean, when we're ready, obviously, we're going to... And let us know, will you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because we don't want to come out like a lot of people do and say, yeah, you know, we we don't... Nobody knows what's going on. But we have a theory that we really like because it could, and you always have to say that, could possibly explain just about everything. Um, But what we're finding is clues and pieces of the puzzle in every field of science, biology, neurology, endocrinology, um, seismology. And that's what I keep saying to people. There are clues in nature, in our own bodies as well, as to what is going on here. This is not just an external phenomenon. There are things that are interacting that have to be just right in order for these entities or whatever to manifest. So what are those mechanisms? And that's what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of broad. It's a very broad theory, but hopefully we'll be able to get something out the beginning of next year. Now, I'm not a physicist. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I seem to, you know, be really good at being able to look at the bigger picture. You know, well, that's exactly what the next question is because uh, some of the, I'm sure you can say the same thing. Some of the and I, I've, I've hobnobbed in academic circles for decades, and some of the biggest idiots I know have PhDs after their names. Yeah, no kidding. You know, and uh, yeah, with plenty of exceptions, of course. But I think the problem is is Western thinking. We categorize, we pigeonhole, we cannot see the big picture. Yeah. We 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 have PhDs on this show. Who, you know, well, they know about some areas but not others. I mean, it seems like a real problem. In Western thinking, we can't get beyond a certain point. What say you? Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've never claimed to be a detail person. <laughs> That's what uh-huh. research is for. But I, I've always, you know, ever since I was a kid, I've always been able to conceptualize things, 
to see the whole picture and where everything kind of fits together. And then I could go to people who do focus on the details and, and say, okay, look, where does this fit in? How does this piece fit with this one? Um, but the, one of the problems is is that a lot of people don't want to cross their their field or their arena and work with other people in another field or arena. There's this right. kind of ego boundary thing going on. And that applies to the paranormal, too. I was really shocked. I did not realize. I feel kind of dumb about this. But I didn't realize that there are a lot of cases out there of uh, ghost activity that also followed UFO sightings. You know, I was just going to ask that. You must be yeah. psychic. Yeah, I just we we spend people have asked asked me, oh well, you know, on the, your my resume, as it were, I've only done like twelve hundred cases in forty years, and so it's because I follow up. We spend Ben and I have spent years on several mm-hmm. cases. I've spent ten years. Right. On one case, and because that's how you learn. You don't learn by swooping in for a few hours or a day or two. You have to do follow up, follow up, follow up. And the more you you, you do that, the more you learn. And the more um, you follow up, the more we do exactly what you just uh, mentioned, and that that's find various areas of the paranormal running into each other. Yeah, and it's so funny. Well, and, and one so of the just about the follow up over years, that's so important because we're looking for re, you know repeatability. We're looking for things that happen again and again and again to give us an idea of oh, okay. Here's what's going on. This is the mechanism. And you cannot find that out by going into a location once, giving it a one-shot deal, and doing an investigation one night and then never going back. You have to go back again and again and again to see what happens each time there is some kind of paranormal event. What are the commonalities between time number one that you went and time number 150? Um, So that's the first problem. Totally agree with that. Um, but what I really, what really kind of freaked me out is the fact that the UFO people don't want to talk to the ghost people. The ghost people don't want to talk to the cryptid people. The the psi people are off here doing this. If if there's no exchange of knowledge and ideas, I have a feeling nobody's ever going to figure out anything because we're dealing with very similar phenomena no matter what. We're dealing with cross. Uh, cross-gender, cross-genre <laughs> phenomena. We're dealing with people who see a UFO and maybe the next day have a ghostly apparition appear when it's never happened before. Um, we could be dealing with some of the same mechanisms, parallel universes, alternate dimensions, the zero-point field, you know. Uh, but nobody wants to talk to anybody. The ghost people, and, and I, I, you know, I don't want to say that you have to force yourself to be interested in a subject that you're not, but if you are a serious researcher... I kind of think you need to be talking to researchers that are under that big paranormal umbrella. Well, you need to dive in and look at the rest of the iceberg. Yeah, yeah. We often use the Mothman flap as a uh, as an example of something really uh, significant. Weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. weird and, and significant <laughs> in the sense of the parallel world thing. I mean, you have not only this bizarre creature who, uh, interestingly enough, I mean, we've interviewed witnesses and, and things, uh, people who have, have uh, one fellow in particular, who ha- Andy Colvin, who had a very positive experience as a child with his Mothman experience. He all of a sudden discovered unknown talents. He didn't know that he had a musical talents, things of this kind. That all he, he 
attributes to his Mothman experience. And there were uh, all sorts of UFO phenomena going on at the time, and not just these cryptids. Uh, there were people who were having poltergeist activity. There were I talked to uh, uh, Susan Shepard, whom uh, you may know, who is a now a well-known psychic and, and is, is a, one of the few whom I will have on this show. Mm-hmm. And she uh, remembers hearing footsteps on her roof when she was a child, naturally terrified, the red eyes looking in the windows, all sorts of things, the men in black business, right, all sorts right. of things that were seemingly unrelated that occurred at that time and during that, during that flap. So again, another possible indication of um, intersecting realities. And, right, uh, or that that particular location is some kind of hotbed. Now, what it is, is it about that location, about the environment, uh, looking at all the different elements that happen when any of these things occur, um, well, you have and, two and, rivers I, coming together for one thing. Yeah, and also the the psychological and physiological connections. Is there some kind of contagion where when people in one community hear about somebody having experience, can they somehow trigger an experience of their own? That fascinates me because I really, really believe that thought and intention, and, and I believe it's all contagious. And, you yeah. know, UFOs, it, it, very similar. They, they go in waves, but there's also been a lot of contagion with abductees, where one person reports it, and then you've got their brother, the the uncle, the you know niece. I actually had that happen in my family, where hmm. a whole bunch of relatives ended up all having the same experience, and it just makes you wonder: is there something going on here, you know, genetically or physiologically? What's what's the deal? Or multiversally? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, is it just the area that people are in that that for whatever reason, is a really hot location. Uh-huh. Well, now Ben's got a question. Okay. So we deal with a lot of negative entities. Have you done any research on anything negative? We call them parasites, interdimensional well, you know, parasites. I, it's funny. I've always had a problem with the whole kind of demonic, negative, positive thing just because of the religious connotations. Oh, yeah, so have I, even though I was a seminary student for 10 years. Yeah, well, just, you know, because I feel like if you don't buy into that particular religion, is it still demonic or is it just negative energy? We're not saying so it's demonic. Yeah, we don't that, use the term demonic. We, we, don't, yeah. we don't have any theological overtones to it at all. Well, you have to think, if we, if we are getting glimpses into other universes and other dimensions, why are we assuming that all of the energy is going to be positive? Absolutely. I would think it would run the entire gamut. Simply for the know, sake of balance. Right, and everything in between. I mean, if that exists here, why would it not exist somewhere else? Well, what we run into all the time, and and I I couldn't explain until I started to think this way, were totally neutral. And when you're in, I don't know, I think they're responsible for a lot of the the poltergeist phenomena that I've seen. They are totally neutral, non-human cosmic mosquitoes, if you will, who are just life forms, are just doing their thing, which is feeding off... Of us and, and and some of our neighbors too, right? That's what we want, well, you know. You know why? I, I mean, again, if we have all kinds of stuff going on in this realm, why would we not think? Why do we assume that everything on the other side, and there can be an infinite number of other sides, absolutely, um, is all good and pure and holy and angelic? Maybe in one dimension it is, but I tend to think. And the whole deal about cryptids being so bizarre and unusual, and a lot of people stay away from that field because it is so bizarre. But again, you have to think, if there are all these other realities out there, let's just suppose there are, 
I don't think we could even begin to imagine the types of entities and living creatures and even invisible, you know, microorganisms. We don't know what the heck is out there. Uh, exactly. Some of it we probably couldn't even conceive of until we actually saw it for the first time. Well, that's true. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, <coughs> we're getting down, choking on a parasite there. We're getting down uh, to another break here, but um, I don't know if you really answered Ben's question. I think we'll come back to it after the break. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay, but actually, uh, no, these, these are things we run, I've run into all the time from practically day one, and there is a difference between them and what appear to be people going about their lives and right. parallel realities and just uh, you know not seeing us or ignoring us or you know i've been related to some of them we are my first case <laughs> i found out that there were i was cousins of the people who had lived or were living there in the 1780s and stuff like that it was kind of an interesting experience so anyway we're going to wrap it up now okay. for a break we'll be right back on behind the paranormal with paul and benino on cbs new sky radio newskyradio.com stay with us Doctor, my eyes have seen the years And the slow parade of fears without Christ Now I want to understand I have done all that I could To see the evil and the good without hiding You must help me if you can Doctor, my eyes
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Okay, we're back with Marie D. Jones, and we're going to continue our discussion of the paranormal in general, and in this case, ghosts and maybe parasites in particular, as we call them. Ben, why don't you restate your question? Okay, um, if you know, go on to something else, I'll think of how to word it. Okay, all right. All right, what about um, your, what's the, you write about so many things, it's hard to know what to ask. What is the eleven eleven thing about, Marie? This was actually, um, it was Larry, when Larry and I decided to partner up, it was the first book that we decided to do, and it was actually my publisher that came to us and said, why don't you look into this 1111 phenomenon? And we both said, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had no clue what he was talking about. But we started doing the research, and it really is rather uh, fascinating that there are millions of people all over the world who have, since the 1970s, seen 1111, noticed it much more often, um, and you know, attached some kind of meaning to this, what we call a time prompt. But they can see it on more places other than a clock. You could see it on a bus bench, a billboard, um, you know, anywhere numbers are. So you've got these people that are seeing these repeated time prompts over and over again. And the one connection that we found that was of note is the fact that the December 21st, 2012 winter solstice, which is supposed to be the moment, according to many, that something tremendous is supposed to occur, happens at 11.11 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, I didn't so, realize. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people have associated the 1111s with being a wake-up call uh, or poking from, you know, there's Facebook pokes or pokes from the universe or higher beings to say, get ready, wake up, prepare. Now, that's one. So you just made a wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's just yeah, you, like people are like, it's 1111, make a wish. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is a huge yeah. deal. Uh, what Larry and I did, though, is we, we looked into that, and, of course, we present the scientific side as well, that it is it possibly could be nothing more than the brain-seeking pattern, you know, order out of yeah, chaos. Yeah, aware of a number, you're going to see it. Right. Yeah. The brain will latch onto it and actually seek out that number. And it still could be meaningful to you. That's fine. But we really needed to present that side of it. But what happened was the book evolved into a book about numbers and how magical and profound numbers are they literally are the language of the universe mm-hmm. everything in, in in our reality boils down to mathematical ratios it is absolutely amazing it's <laughs> as if there is some master mathematician <laughs> that put all this stuff together mm-hmm. and so it really ended up being a book that introduced people to the power of numbers hmm well i, I guess you had a question here but uh, uh <coughs> sorry you okay yeah, that's <coughs> I'll no, ask the question. There's no water. <laughs> uh oh. One of You're your books. To me. <laughs> one of your books talks about the power of threes. What's what's with that? That actually sprang out of the eleven eleven book because we kept running across the number three as being very profound to a number of religions and, and mythology, folklore, fairy tales, science, the structure of the brain, DNA, you name it. Um, but really, in different religions, the way that they revered the number three as being the number of perfection. And I had, many, many years ago, for ministerial school, done a thesis paper on Trinity symbolism. And, but it wasn't for publication, so I kind of had to tuck it away afterwards. And 
when Larry and I wanted to do a follow-up to 11.11 on the number three, we took that out, we put some of the research in, we expanded upon it, and we really came up with this um, idea that the Trinity that we all know from Catholicism is not about the persona of God. It is the process of creation. So the whole book describes this three-part process that is found in every religion, every mythology, um, every origin story. It's found in, in the way that we tell fairy tales and folklore, the way that we structure novels and movies and human language, and then, of course, the science elements of it. And it, it's a really unusual book because it took us into some real metaphysical zones that we had not really gone into before. But the response to it was absolutely overwhelming. Hmm. So. I'm sorry to say I'm going to go. Yeah, we uh, when I was uh, when I, did you are you ready to ask your question yet? Ben? No, you 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 about to start okay a lecture. So uh, right. Well, no, I'm not going to lecture. I'm just I'm just saying that when I started uh, my last book, Turning Home, I did a lot of research on what you are are saying the the, the three thing in in. Religions not only modern but ancient, very ancient. I right, right. had actually spoken with an Australian Aboriginal elder who, who in seven hours told me um, more than I had ever imagined. And nineteen seventy nine, and the um, uh, Nicobar Islanders and Andaman Islanders, people of this uh, uh, ancient nature, uh, right. the uh, Bushmen. People whose, whose cultures go back unbroken lines uh, sixty thousand years or more. I was trying to trace the original God. Right? What was the original human concept of God? And interestingly enough, as um, the they found, I guess in the nineteen thirties uh, in Iraq, uh, Professor Stephen Langdon, particularly monotheism seems to have preceded polytheism, and that was really interesting to me. You you had in the most ancient uh, conceptions of God a um, a family of right. three, uh-huh. essentially uh-huh. a right. father, a mother, and a child, which was usually exactly. us. Right. And that seems to have persisted uh, for some reason. I mean, the ancients, as you know, were a lot smarter than we are. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. You know, they, we're just now uncovering all of the knowledge that they had that somehow got buried over, you know, history. Well, that's the thing. I that's totally why I say everything agree. you know is wrong because we're we're the dummies of uh, you know the intellectual yeah, history. We really are. I would love to read your book when it's done, and that's it, it's absolutely fascinating when you look at. I mean, every number you can find interesting little trivia about, but the number three absolutely. really is the number of perfections, the number of unification. It unifies dualities, and that is not just apparent in Christianity and Catholicism. Really fascinating. Uh, now, now jumping to something totally different. Have you done much work with cryptids? I okay, you're going to laugh at me. <laughs> well, we like. I'm a big chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. You, you put me in a house that somebody says it's haunted, and I'm like, oh. Um, there is. <laughs> yeah. But then you know, I, I sort of kick into my uh, scientific side with cryptids. I, I find them absolutely fascinating. But here's the problem. I've spent so much time focusing on everything but that. I love to read about it. Nick Redfern, you know, oh, Nick, Gerhard, yeah, I, us, yeah. uh, Nick's a great friend. I follow their work. Those guys are doing a great job. I don't think I could bring anything new to the field that they're not, you know, they and others like them aren't already doing. Right. And I just, you know, I just have this fear. Like, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of aliens. <laughs> 
I'm not afraid of much, but for some reason, because some of the stories and reports that I've read of people who were involved or knew someone that had a cryptid sighting, they had them too. So I keep thinking, if I get involved in this stuff, you know, when I was involved in UFOs, I had an MIB experience. Is that going to happen with cryptids? And I really mm. am such a chicken. Absolutely fascinating stuff. And to me, probably the most profound possible um, proof that there may be other realities and other universes out there. Because some of this stuff does not behave or look like anything we have here. That's nine affects, feet tall and yeah. 700 pounds. Uh, tell us about your MIB experience. I wrote about it in Nick's, uh, Nick Redford's new book about men in black, and I had been in uh, MUFON for a long time. And I'd come to San Diego and gotten a group together with a gal who lived down here. This was way back in the time of putting ads in the newspaper to find people. It was before the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, she and her family were abductees. I didn't find a lot of this out until later when she was able to confide in me. They had a lot of MIB issues. Um, Strange robotic-like human beings on their property. They shot. Uh, these are these. My friend and her husband owned a lot of guns, and they lived way out in the boonies. And they would shoot at these things, and um, they were getting threatening phone calls. The whole gamut. Now we were running a MUFON group and had our meetings, blah blah blah. And I never thought twice about any of it until I started getting phone calls. And I was getting phone calls from a male who either was a robot or had a voice changer because it was a very robotic, stilted voice. Um, and I would have thought, oh, the, you know, somebody's trying to scare me. The problem was, and what I, uh, Nick wrote about, this person knew things about me that they never possibly could have known from my past. They knew things that I was doing in my apartment at the time, even though every window was closed. They knew what book was sitting on the bed next to me. They knew what I had on. Um, they knew what time my husband was getting got home or the night before, whatever. That's when it got really creepy. Um, mm. It ended up that I left MUFON and moved back to L.A. Uh, working in the entertainment industry. And the other gal, you know, we just said, screw this. It's not worth it. Yeah. I'm afraid we have to pause for another break. But oh, okay, really, sure. Yeah, I can see why you're scared. Uh, we're going to wrap now, and we're going to have a... We'll be right back on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio and our guest, Ray D. Jones. Stay with us. Well, you done done me and you bet I felt it. I tried to beat you, but you're so hot that I melted. I fell right through the cracks. I'm trying to get back Before the cool done run out I'll be giving it my bestest And nothing's gonna stop me But divine intervention I reckon it's again my turn To win some or learn some But I won't hesitate No more, no more It cannot wait I'm yours Find love, 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 love Listen to the 
Just to try to see it clearer But my breath fogged up the glass And so I drew a new face And I laughed I guess what I'll be saying is There ain't no better reason To rid yourself of vanities And just go with the seasons It's what we aim to do Our name is our virtue But I won't hesitate No more, no more It Cannot wait. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And we are back with Paranormal Renaissance person Rory D. Jones. And uh, Benny, ready for your question? I think I got this worded correctly. Okay, so we deal with negative entities in our work called parasites. They feed off people's negative energy and cause all sorts of havoc and blah, blah, blah. It's undeniable, we feel. Yes. Right. So have you studied anything to that effect? I haven't, but the only thing that I've studied that comes close is just really the power of influence upon the human mind, um, the power of outside influence, if we're talking about entities that are exterior to a person that could be influencing their thoughts, their behavior, you know, that's one thing. If we're talking about entities that are triggered or manifested from a person, that's a whole different thing. That That's the part that I've done some research into and that really fascinates me. Well, what if they're um, both? It could Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you have to ask yourself, what is the common denominator for every single paranormal experience. It's a human being. You know, the presence of a human being. I don't know if that's the observer effect from, you know, quantum physics, but when people say things about, even poltergeist, I mean, we know that poltergeist activity, that there is a, the human acts as an agent through which this, this stuff is triggered and manifested, blah, blah, blah. Well, could, yeah, I mean, there's it's always still a yeah. physical. It's still a physical event, but we're part of the deal, you know. Well, we're always part of the deal. Yeah, so you know that's that's the part that's starting to fascinate me more, and this is where it goes very all the way back to our beginning of our conversation, where you have ghost hunters and people that are just so focused on the effects, the pictures, the the audio, the thermal images, the orb photos. Nobody's focusing on the cause, 
Mm -hmm. that one common denominator that is us, we could have more to do with this stuff than we even imagine. Exactly. So if, if when you talk about negative entities, are you talking about ghosts? like prankster type of ghosts? Are you talking about just things that happen in the presence of certain people? It's almost like poltergeist phenomenon. or uh-huh. yeah. Because I think they're two different things, but like you said, they could be interconnected. Well, let's. Uh, I, we're burning up our daylight here, so I wanted to move on to one more thing. Before we let you go, I wanted to let, hit you with this. We have taken the multiverse thing to... The, what we feel is the next level. As a matter of fact, we're supposedly working on we're developing a television show based on this in 3D, if you don't mind. And oh, wow. uh, the uh, the idea is that when you have the multiverse perspective, and, and I suppose it has a, a basis in human mysticism or spirituality too, in the sense that these are not new ideas. When you have the multiverse perspective, your life starts to change. And it can go in two directions. Now, the, the, we, we've People, people have read my books. I mean, they're writing by the hundreds and thousands who listen to the show because we talk about this, and they say, "I've done this and it works." Or, "Why did this happen?" When you know this sort of thing happened, or I'm noticing this. You know, I went by a house uh, that's been blue forever, and all of a sudden it's red. And I stopped to ask mm-hmm. the guy who I know, and he said, "Well, it's always been red." You know, th- that sort of thing. Right, right. Little, little glitches in the fabric. <laughs> glitches in the in the program. <laughs> but the idea is to get in touch with yourself where you are. Everywhere and everyone, because you are one big person, one big unity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you discover that, you discover that we're all unified with each other in, in right. really, really amazing ways. So a- anyway, th- that's what we're encouraging and trying to do. But on the other hand, the problem is that uh, having worked in psychiatric hospitals for uh, as a graduate student and as a seminary student, uh, I would deal with a lot of schizophrenics and a lot more inpatients in those days than today. And they were having the same experiences. And I wondered, you know, are these people really in, in, you know, enduring chemical imbalances in the brain, or are they uh, actually aware of worlds that we're not aware of? Right. That was often the case, and psychiatrists have said they secretly, they don't dare say it publicly, have thought the same thing. What say you about all that? Well, I agree, and I think that those chemical imbalances are incredibly important because very specific levels of brain chemicals or hormones or what have you could have something to do with why some people have the ability to cross between worlds, if you want to call it that, than others do. And what we think of being mentally ill may actually just be a different uh, mentality altogether. Yeah. I'm fr- talking I'm about re- multiple, I'm you know, dissociative uh, personality disorder, schizophrenia, and even something as simple as deja vu that we always thought was a memory glitch, now people are looking at is possible, uh, you know, a possible of yourself in another universe. Exactly. Well, Marie, I'm sorry I have to stop because we're flat out of time. Oh, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be in touch off the air, and we'll... um, I, I, well, send us send us your information about your books and stuff, or we have some. We'll put it on our talking points page because we didn't have a chance to talk about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, so much. Thank you so much. You're All right. Bye-bye. Okay, folks, uh, we haven't got much time to talk about the Exeter UFO Festival on Labor Day weekend in Exeter, New Hampshire, but Ben and I are supposed to be there, and uh, we'll tell you more about that in, in the shows as we lead up to that. Uh, again, check out International Metaphysical University, intermetu.com. And many thanks to our producer, Will Kosnick, and we'll see you next Sunday, July 31st, right here on CBS New Sky Radio and NewSkyRadio.com. Ben and I will welcome back the sleeping artist, Lee Stewart Hadwin from England. Some pretty amazing things are happening with this artist who paints brilliant works in his sleep, 
with no memory of it. So in the meantime, tune into our New England Drive Time show on WON 1240 AM and com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. And remember, you can always get free podcasts of all our shows along with show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And we leave you with a word from the ancient Greek general and statesman, Pericles. What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.